May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Loxmo. Good morning. And we're really glad that you are with us today as we continue our series, It's the End of the World as We Know It. I also want to welcome our North Campus as well. Uh, Joining us today, really glad that you're here with us. In the summer of 2001, I took a trip uh, with my church to Poland. There was a family from our church that moved to Warsaw, Poland, and they were full-time missionaries there. And there was a group from our youth ministry uh, that was going over there for a couple of weeks to support them and uh, some activities they had going on, some big uh, youth events. And and so we were going to come over and just really help them uh, to execute in just an amazing way for the youth that were living there. Uh, Now, when we were over there, we found out that President George W. Bush was going to be in Poland. We had no idea before we went over there that he was going to be there. Um, This was the summer of 2001. This is about uh, five months into his first term. This was actually the summer before 9-11, and he was kind of going around Europe, meeting all the heads of state uh, for the first time, and he just happened to be passing through Warsaw on a day that we were there. That day, we didn't have a whole lot going on, and we found out that kind of in the middle of the day, he was going to be going to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in this big square in Warsaw, and he was going to be laying a wreath uh, at the tomb as a part of this kind of ceremony. So we had some free time. Our whole team went down there to the square, and we just waited. Uh, We knew he'd be coming at some point, and so we just kind of camped out. Well, a couple hours before this whole thing was supposed to go down, the Secret Service showed up. And they pushed us like way back away from this tomb, like hundreds of yards away, put up these barricades. We couldn't see anything, but we thought, hey, you know, we'll get to see his motorcade drive by. That'll be kind of neat. And, you know, that'll be the end of it. But a couple of guys uh, and me, we, we decided we want to get a better view. Uh, so a few of us followed kind of the barricades around the back to just see like, hey, where do these things go? And so we follow these around the back. And unbeknownst to us, we are heading toward a Secret Service checkpoint. And so all of a sudden, I'm standing in front of this table, and there's a guy behind it, suit, glasses, thing in his ear, the whole nine yards, and he looks at us and says, can I help you? (laughs) In other words, what are you doing here? Because everybody else back there was like either with the press or had like military uniform on. And I'm like college kid, t-shirt, jeans, flip-flops. My friend's got an A&M hat on. I mean, it's just like, we don't fit in at all. But we were there and I just decided, I'm just gonna go for it. So I just told him, hey, you know, we're American citizens. We're here uh, from our church in Texas. We're gonna be here for a couple of weeks. And we heard the president was gonna be here and we just wanted to see him and we were, over there by the tomb, and then y'all pushed us like way back and we can't see anymore. We just wanted to see if we could get a better view. And he looks at us and pauses for a second and he says, wait here please. And he starts to walk away and I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh. Like, am I gonna wind up with a hood over my head in the back of an unmarked car? (laughs) I just had no idea where this was gonna go. So a couple minutes later he comes back and he hands each of us one of these. These. It's an invitation. It says, you are cordially invited to a wreath-laying ceremony at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier by the President of the United States of America, George W. Bush. I was stunned. I mean, it never occurred to me that he would like let us pass the checkpoint. I thought he would say, yeah, go stand over there. You'll have a good view. And he let us pass. And so he like searched our bags and they patted us down, did the whole thing. And he said, you can go stand over there by the tomb. And so I'm standing there with all these like high-ranking European and American military personnel and press, 
And we're just standing there like, I can't believe this is happening right now. And so his motorcade arrives and he and the Polish president walk up to the tomb. They're like 15 feet away from us. And we're watching this whole thing go down. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And so we watch it. It's pretty cool. And I'm thinking he's just going to leave. Well, he comes to the end of the, the line where we are and he starts going down the line shaking hands. We get to actually meet the guy. Look, this is a picture I took when we were over there. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. This is unbelievable. And he shook our hands and we introduced ourselves and we said, hey, we're from Texas. He was excited to hear that and he, he pointed at my friend. He said, hey, nice hat. And I'll never forget that. But we walked away from that just completely stunned. I mean, it was one of those experiences of like, did that just happen? I mean, I couldn't believe it. And that's how I met a sitting U.S. president. It was this awe-inspiring, incredible, unforgettable experience. Had no idea that it would happen on that trip. Had no idea it would happen that morning. Had no idea it would happen 10 minutes before it happened. We just took a chance and followed those barricades around, and we got to meet the president. Now, unfortunately, the rest of our group who was with us, they didn't go with us back there. They didn't get to meet him. But if our team had all known for sure that if we follow those barricades around the back, we will definitely meet the president, we would have all gone. Of course we would have all gone. And that's what we're going to focus on today, what we know for sure about the end times. Because just like our group would have done things totally differently, if we knew for sure we were going to get to meet the president, in the same way in our lives, if we know for sure what's going to happen at the end times, we can live our lives completely differently. We can change our lives now to prepare for it. Because look, even though our society talks about the end times as kind of an interesting subject and people like to talk and debate about it, um, it cannot be that way for us. It cannot be that way for us. There is too much at stake. It's not something that we just speculate about in our lives because a knowledge of the end times of what will happen for sure can change our lives now and pave the way for an eternity in heaven. Now I do want to offer a little disclaimer here. There are long-standing debates uh, within the church, within Christian academia about like exactly what the end times is going to look like. There's all kinds of debates about, well, this is going to happen, then this, and it's going to go in this exact order, and all that kind of stuff. And these are debates that are had among Bible-believing, serious Christian scholars. We are not going to get into any of that, okay? We're not going to get into any of those debated issues because they're very interesting to talk about. They really are but they don't change our lives now. They don't impact our eternity. So we instead are gonna focus on the simple facts that we know to be true about the end times, the things that everybody agrees on so that we can live our lives in light of those things right now to be ready for the end of the world when it comes. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And let's find out. What do we know for sure about the end times? What do we know for sure about the end times? Number one, I will be surprised when Jesus returns. I will be surprised when Jesus returns. Now we're gonna look at a passage here from 1 Thessalonians. It's one of Paul's letters. Um, There are 13 letters of Paul's in the New Testament. And what's unique about this letter is that Paul had not spent a lot of time uh, with this church, the church in the city of Thessalonica. Um, He had 
planted the church there, people had become Christ followers, and he was only there for like a few weeks, and then he had to leave. And as you can imagine, all of these new Christ followers, they had lots of questions about their faith. And so Paul wrote them letters to kind of clarify some things and fill in the gaps. And one of the questions that they had asked him was, about the end of the world. When is this going to happen? And he responded to that question in 1 Thessalonians 5. And so let's look at it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 2, it says, now concerning how and when all this will happen, he's talking about the end times, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to underline this next phrase. We don't really need to write to you. We don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, circle that word, unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. You see, Paul was telling the Thessalonians that they would be surprised by Christ's return. That's the main takeaway for them about the timing of the end times. It will be a surprise. It will come like a thief in the night. In other words, it will sneak up on you. That's what he's saying. And because that's the truth, that's why he wrote the part that I had you underline. We don't really need to write to you. Uh, Paul's point is that since it will be unexpected, it's not worth the energy to speculate about exactly when this thing's going to happen. Now, the Bible does describe some signs that like the season of the end times is approaching, and we're actually going to talk about that next week. It's fascinating. So we can know kind of the season that the end times uh, might be coming, but the actual moment, like the day, the time, it'll be a complete surprise. It will be absolutely surprising. And as, as a result, it's pointless to really speculate about that. So whenever like on Facebook, you see some article that's like, hey, this is when the end of the world is gonna happen. It's on this day and this month because of this. And they might even quote a bunch of Bible verses to try to back it up. Or if you see someone on TV claiming that, don't pay attention to it. Do not pay attention to it, because the Bible is clear. When Jesus comes back, it will be a surprise. And so when someone says, I know for sure it's going to happen at this time, on this year, this day, you know for sure it's not going to happen at that time, because the Bible says it will be a surprise. And so knowing that it will be a surprise, what can you do to be ready? Well, this is your next fill-in. Keep my relationship with God active keep my relationship with God active. First of all, if you're not a Christ follower, the first step in keeping your relationship with God active is starting a relationship with God. It's actually beginning that relationship with him. This is a decision that we all have to make. And in light of this passage that it will surprise us when the end of the world comes, you don't like have forever to make this decision. Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life, sinless life, and voluntarily died on the cross. And he did that for a reason. He did that so that all of us, all of our sins, past, present, and future, the things that separated us from God, they would no longer separate us. Uh, He died to pay the penalty so that at the end of the world, there's nothing between us and God, and we can just go to heaven with Jesus. And he has made this offer to all of us, and it's free. There's nothing we can do to earn our way to heaven. We can't contribute to that in any way. It is as simple as placing your trust in Christ and asking him to come into your life and save you. That is it. Now there's a sample prayer at the bottom of the page on the back of your message notes. If you've never prayed a prayer like that to become a Christ follower, I'm gonna give you some time at the end of the message to do that. Pray that prayer today. 
Pray that prayer today and begin your relationship with God. And you will know that whenever the end comes, you'll be ready. And and it will only be joy that awaits you. So pray that prayer today. But if you are already a Christ follower, you have to keep your relationship with God active too. And that means cultivating that relationship with him through uh, praying every day and talking to him and sharing your life and reading his word so that you can get to know him better and worshiping him week in and week out here at church and throughout the week in every way that you can in your life. You need to cultivate that relationship so that at the end of the world, when he comes back, you will be found faithful. That's what you want. You don't want to meet Jesus face to face and be like, hey Jesus, I was totally planning on making church a priority. I, I, I promise. It's just, we had a lot going on, okay? It was summer, travel plans. You get it, Jesus. You don't want to be saying that. You don't want to be saying, hey, Jesus, I was planning on starting to be generous with my money and giving. Like, that was going to happen, but there was a sweet group on for a cruise, and I got to be honest, like, we had to go for it, okay? You don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to be like, hey, Jesus, you came back just a little bit too early. Could you give me, like, three more weeks? That's all, you know, make it a month. One more month, and I would be so ready for this. That is not what you want to be saying. When you meet Jesus, and he looks at your life, You want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. And for him to say that, you've got to keep your relationship with God active. What else do we know for sure about the end times? This is number two. I will see Jesus return, and he will take me to heaven. I will see Jesus return, and he will take me to heaven. Look at this verse um, from Revelation. It says, look. He comes with the clouds of heaven, and underline this next phrase, and everyone will see him, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. Look, everyone will see Jesus return, everyone, people who are Christ followers and people who are not Christ followers. That's why it said, even those who pierced him, that's the people who oppose Jesus. It's going to be public when Jesus comes back. Everyone on earth will see it simultaneously. And look, don't get hung up on how that's possible when we live like on a spherical planet, how everybody could see him at once, okay? I see all you engineers, the, wor- the wheels are turning, okay? I got news for you. He's God, okay? He can work out a worldwide broadcast, okay? That's within his power. And by the way, the laws of physics as we know them, they may not still apply at that point. So don't worry about that, okay? Some things about The end times are just mysterious. We will not know everything. That's why we're focusing on uh, what we know for sure. But let's look at another passage, and we're going to spend a little bit more time with this one and take it step by step. It's from 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, We're going to start out in verse 13. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Let's pause right there. What's going on? Some Christians in the Thessalonian church had died since Paul left. And the Christians who were still living, they were really nervous and confused about this. Like, what happens to them? They're already dead. Like, are they going to see it when Jesus comes back? Like, are they going to experience that? Are they going to miss out? They didn't know. And so Paul is writing to them to give them hope on this point. Uh, They will, of course, grieve the loss of their loved ones, but there's hope in the midst of that grief because of Christ. And he's gonna continue and explain kind of the end times in a nutshell. 
in the rest of this passage. So pick it up at verse 14. He says, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, and I want you to underline the rest of this verse, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Okay, let's stop there. I want to clarify this because this is where it gets really interesting and there's a lot of details. When people today die who are Christ followers, they are with Jesus immediately in paradise, in heaven. The Bible is clear on that. Their body is buried here on earth and they are with Jesus in heaven spiritually. Now, what does that look like exactly? I don't know. That's one of those mysterious things. But what this passage is saying is that when Jesus comes back at the end of the world, those Christ followers who have died will come with him. That's the part I had you underline. God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Let's continue. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, and I want you to underline this whole next sentence, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And underline this last verse. So encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with these words. So when Jesus comes back, the Christ followers who have already died, who are with him spiritually in heaven, will come with him. They will then be physically resurrected. Their bodies on earth will be physically resurrected. Their hearts will beat again. Their lungs will fill with air. Just like when Jesus came back from the dead, he wasn't a ghost, his real body came back from the dead. So the Christ followers who have already died will be resurrected physically, and then along with those of us who are still alive when Jesus comes back, all of us together will go to heaven with Jesus. That's what it's explaining. And that means that any Christ follower who has ever lived will experience Jesus coming back. And the newly resurrected Christ followers and those of us who are alive will all go to heaven together. We will all experience it one day. So what does this mean for us now? Well, the last verse tells us, and this is your next fill-in, encourage others by clarifying what will happen when Jesus returns. Look, this passage in 1 Thessalonians is intended to give you hope. That's the point of it. If you're a Christ follower, you will not miss out on the end times, on Jesus coming back. You will see it regardless and be taken to heaven with him. And you can encourage other people with that truth and yourself. You can remind yourself that there is no reason to fear in death. Because whether you're alive when Jesus comes back or you've died before he comes back, either way, you're going to go to heaven with Jesus. And I know, for example, this is a great source of encouragement for my grandfather. Uh, He was uh, married to my grandmother for 56 years, and she died a handful of years ago, um, and he's still very healthy. He's got many years to live. And and it brings him peace and encouragement to know that uh, they will be reunited. She will be resurrected. They will go to heaven one day together. And that is encouraging. And that's the point of what Paul's writing in this passage. Be encouraged by it. What else do we know for sure about the end times? Number three, I will live forever with a body that does not age. 
I will live forever with a body that does not age. Look at this passage from 1 Corinthians 15. It says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Underline that, a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in the moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when that trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. And underline this next sentence. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Now this is one of the most hopeful aspects of the end times, and not one that gets a lot of press. Right now we live in bodies that are imperfect, and so we get sick, we feel pain, and as we grow older we all become frail. That's part of living in a world that's fallen, living in a world that is tainted by sin and death. But we have hope in the midst of that suffering because the Bible tells us that when Jesus comes back, it will no longer be that way. It will no longer be that way. And, and, and we're getting in this passage just a glimpse at how amazing our lives will be in heaven. We will be given new bodies, bodies that will never die, bodies that are designed to live forever. Our bodies here are not. We will be given bodies that will never grow old, never feel any pain. Now, they're going to be our bodies, like they'll look like us, but perfect versions designed to last forever. In heaven, there will be no fear of a bad diagnosis. In heaven, there will be no cancer. There will be no birth defects, no Alzheimer's, no fatal accidents. There will be no chemotherapy. There will be no blindness. There will be no disabilities. There will be no genetic disorders. There will be no hospital stays. That stuff is over. And that is an amazing source of hope. And so, this is your next fill-in. You've got to remind myself that this body is temporary. This body is temporary. Now look, this is not a license to go on the all-donut diet, okay? Now, I know we're all on that diet on Sunday mornings, but, okay, we're supposed to take care of these bodies. But look, it's an encouraging truth that whatever comes your way physically, it is temporary. That is the truth. And so if you've lost a loved one, or if you or someone you love is, is dealing with a serious medical challenge, it's temporary. That, that doesn't remove how difficult it is now, of course not. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel because this life and all the physical frailty that goes with it is temporary. In the span of eternity, this life goes by like that. You know, if you're a Christ follower, you can have no fear when it comes to the end of the world. You can have hope in the midst of this life. No matter how surprising it is when Jesus comes back and how awe-inspiring and unexpected it might be, you're going to see Jesus come back and he's going to take you to heaven with all the Christ followers who have ever lived and an unbelievably joyful life, something you could never imagine is waiting for you. And so not only should we not fear the end of the world, we should look forward to it. It should be the thing we look forward to the most. We should be thrilled at the idea of Jesus coming back because the end of the world is just the beginning of an unbelievably joyful eternity in heaven. So go ahead and pull out your connection card and let's take some next steps.
How about this first one? I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today so that I can go to heaven with Jesus when he returns. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. You've got to become a Christ follower. There, uh, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your notes. I'm going to give you time in just a moment to pray that prayer. Would you do that today? God loves you. He's waiting for you to just invite him into your life. But check the box, too, because we're going to send you some free information in the mail to help you in your new life following Christ. So if you're going to pray that prayer, check that box. How about this next one? I will keep my relationship with God active by committing to read my Bible and pray regularly. Would you do that? Two incredibly critical things for our lives as Christ followers, to keep our relationship with God active. Pray, talk to God, and read your Bible regularly. Would you make that commitment? How about this next one? I will encourage others by clarifying what will happen when Jesus returns. Would you check that box and look for opportunities to talk about the hope that we have about when the world ends? How about this next one? When I am experiencing physical pain or illness, I will remind myself that this body is temporary. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Would you check that box and look for those opportunities to remind yourself or other people about that? And then how about this last one? I didn't mention this one in the message, but tonight we have uh, a great event here at the park we want to make you aware of. Um, Our summer small groups are meeting tonight. There's a card that looks like this inside your worship guide. Our summer small groups are organized by neighborhood, and this is an unbelievable opportunity for you and your family, including your kids, to invest in relationships with other people who are trying to keep their relationships with God active. And they're a ton of fun. There's no agenda. You come, hang out, have a great time. So find your neighborhood on here of where you live. And then today, go to our Facebook page. And it'll give you information on where and when these groups meet. But check that box. I will attend a summer small group tonight and go to the Parkway Fellowship Facebook page today to find out the details. It's an incredible opportunity uh, for you and your family. I highly encourage you to go. But what I want everyone to do right now is to bow your heads. Everybody in this room, bow your heads. I'm going to give you some time to spend alone with God. And if you're going to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your opportunity to do it. And for everybody in this room, this is your opportunity to reflect on what God has taught you today and to ask for his help in following through with um, your next steps. So take a few moments now and spend some time alone with God. Father, we thank you that you give us such hope. Hope that we don't deserve, but yet you give it to us anyway. Lord, that you give us the promise that one day, if we know you, that we will go to heaven and spend eternity with you in bodies that will never age. Lord, you have unbelievably joyful future ahead of us, things that we can't even imagine. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength now to change our lives in such a way Uh, that we would be ready for it, Uh, that we would meet you one day and it would just be an unbelievably joyful experience. And Lord, help us to continue to look ahead toward that joyful day when we will see you and we will go to heaven and be with you for all of eternity. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. And I pray that it would just change our lives. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. 
For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.